Hello and welcome back to Movies On My Mind. I'm Rosie and today it is part two of my Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. And today I'm going to be talking about At World's End, which came out in 2007, directed by Gore Verbinski, I believe, still. Anyway, last episode, honestly, I had a right crazy time because I just I don't know I just lost all I don't know I just didn't know what I was talking about I forgot the entire plot um yeah so hopefully I have actually got the plot written down so I won't forget it and just kind of like a side note and this is the same for all of the films that I talk about is my well TikTok seems to love my controversial opinions in the worst way. Um, I get a lot of people comment and it does like discourage me sometimes. Sorry, we're getting a bit deep before we start the episode, but <laughs> um, I, you know, I see all these people commenting and kind of disagreeing with me or strongly um, argue, arguing against whatever I'm saying. And my TikToks especially are just like little snippets of my entire episodes. And I think that I've always struggled with anyway in general. People don't always understand what I mean when I say things. Half the time I'm literally having jokes. Like it's not real, it's not that serious. So just kind of a side note that all of my opinions in all of these films that I talk about are how I'm feeling at this one time. Like I, my opinions can change all the time and somebody can come up to me and be like, well, actually, I think it should be this. And I go, oh, good point. I agree with you. So, you know, I'm not strongly telling everybody to literally listen to exactly what I have to say and I'm right and everyone else is wrong. No, I'm wrong half the time. I'm just kind of like, I want to be talking about these films or whatever I'm talking about in a casual way and casual way means discussion and just you know playing devil's advocate and looking at things a different way just because we can and that's kind of the whole thing I'm doing with this podcast is I'm looking at things in this way just because I can and I literally feel like talking about it in this way today so if anyone's triggered which I hope no one is listening to this but in case you were (laughs) it's not that serious half the stuff I say is for jokes and unfortunately if you can't understand that humor then you know I feel sorry for you (laughs) find another pot no no it's fine it's okay it's all good so I'm going to be talking about at world's end finally I was supposed to record this episode a week ago did I no I had a big crisis over the last one so we are literally just talking about the last film in this episode because this last film is crackhead it's crazy and it is like so there's so much that happens in it and it's a really long film I feel like I've got to talk about it within one episode because just because of so much that happens and also to finish off the trilogy I also want to be talking about people's character journeys and just kind of like how they tie that ends up at the end because although it's not the end of the franchise at the end of this uh, film it's kind of like the end of this particular story we've been following so I kind of want to talk about that I guess but I like this film now this is not the best like cleanest perfect action film fancy film for this kind of thing in no way is this like perfect but I actually like this and I think if I went to go and see this in the cinema at the time, if I was a big Pirates of the Caribbean fan, I would really like this film. 
it, I think it has a lot of cinematic value to it. And because it came out in 2007, rewatching it in 2023, um, it actually isn't too crazy, different, and bad looking back on it, if that makes sense. All like the CGI costumes, the whole kind of aesthetic of the world stands up. And it's the same for all of them, to be fair. I think it's a really particular aesthetic and it always it holds up even now which i really appreciate because sometimes that doesn't happen but it does happen with these films which is good so i'm going to be talking about the plot and this is going to be a discovery for both of us you listening and me talking about it because i watched this film a while ago now i think it was a whole week ago and a lot can change in a whole week so um yeah uh, obviously, I have seen this film previously before, but it is quite a long film, so there's a lot to get through. Basically, at World's End, talk, I mean, World's End, so we're getting a bit existential now. Jack Sparrow is dead because we've just watched Dead Man's Chest. He's dead. The mission for this is that the crew are going to try and, like, get him back from wherever he is. Um, Captain Barbosa, who also should be dead, is now alive too, so he's kind of captaining them whilst Jack Sparrow is away. Where is everybody else? So everyone's kind of together at the end of the film because they all leave Jack Sparrow to be eaten. So everyone kind of does start off to start in the same place. And this main point of this film, objectively, is about pirates v the powers of authority that are trying to stop piracy. So this is all about pirates, this film is. And the start of the film is like this really haunting sequence where loads of pirates are being executed, including children. Um, and I think it's it's pirates and pirate sympathizers. So people who help pirates or know pirates, that kind of thing. And they're all being executed and they sing. It was viral on TikTok a while ago, um, a while ago now, but it was like they sing this um, pirate song um, together, which is quite haunting. So the person who has actually started all these executions and is overseeing them is of course Lord Beckett who was our previous villain who is controlling the seas and he is beginning his war against piracy so he wants no pirates he wants them all dead and he also gains control of dead man's chest okay and um they sing about never shall we die so it's kind of like this whole coming together camaraderie we're all gonna pirates are gonna win basically that's the goal of this film and there's a thing about pieces of eight um and this boy who's gonna be hanged his piece of eight falls to the ground by the end of the song so then the rest of the guys they're off to singapore random but there we are. So they're all off to Singapore and they are there to meet this pirate called Sao Feng. Yes, they want, they want his charts basically so that they can find this crazy place where Jack Sparrow is. At the same time as this happening, I think the song has been sung refers to the song that the um hang well the pirates who were going to be hanged sang, and that is kind of like all the pirates need to meet in this big fat place where they can all talk about how they are going to beat this Lord Beckett guy because it's getting serious now, very serious. So basically. What happens is they leave with everything they want. There's a few kind of like 
I'll have this, you'll have this kind of thing going on. To be fair, it's not that important. So they just, yeah. Then they leave and they head for where Jack Sparrow is gonna be, hopefully. But they don't really know how to get there. They don't know how to get there. So they're on their way. Meantime, so many things happen in this film. Davy Jones's ship, has is now being controlled by Lord Beckett. Lord Beckett's also wondering about what this piece of eight means because he's not a pirate so he doesn't really know he's quite new to all this but he wants to control everybody so he's also kind of aware that this big pirate meeting is going to happen and he's like I want to get rid of this and yes so then he summons Admiral James Norrington who he has returned back to his former graces he has had a bath and Lord Beckett gives Norrington his old sword, which was actually forged by Will Turner, and goes, there you go, nice, good day. You've got everything you want now. So then the rest of them are on their way, and then they're trying to work out where Jack Sparrow will be. So apparently there's something about a green flash, which is a signal of a soul returning to the world, which is what we want Jack Sparrow to be, because everyone wants him back. There is some other stuff they have to look for, like up is down down is up or something like that and it's it's like basically the reverse of actual physics also elizabeth swan's father he is working with lord beckett only because he's a bit of a pussy what can he do so he's working with um lord beckett who is also working with norrington so they're all kind of reunited in that sort of way meanwhile elizabeth is on a pirate ship somewhere also the whole thing with will and elizabeth they can't talk to each other so betrayed like there's so much miscommunication going on but everyone's kind of not in good spirits at all. So they are getting ready for getting Jack back. So they're on their way and it's kind of like a trust thing because they actually, all of them, don't really know what's going on. Like they're all having a time and they're all trying to find Jack, but Barbosa is kind of sending this, it's kind of getting very metaphorical. And this is what this film's all about. It is crazy. Physical stuff doesn't exist. It's all metaphorical. It's all emotional. Everything is like, it's getting supernatural, but it's because everything is becoming an idea and not an actual physical thing, which is quite surreal. Jack Sparrow, meanwhile, is not dead. He is in Davy Jones's locker, so he's actually in it. Now, I don't really know what you want to say Davy Jones's locker is, but it's kind of like this interdimensional space wherever it reminds me of in harry potter when spoiler harry dies and is kind of in this purgatory space and he has a chat with dumbledore at king's cross station or something in his brain it's the same for jack he is in this place where he's got a ship his ship is there the black pearl is there and actually he's having crazy hallucinations he sees multiple versions of himself crew in the ship so he like there's loads of jack sparrows everywhere which is crazy but absolutely perfect for his character he gets a bit weirded out by it and then he gets off the ship and then he's in this desert and there's millions of like loads of crabs everywhere (laughs) this is bizarre the crabs then lift this black pearl and they roll it across the dunes um and they move the ship it's very very crazy however what's really good at this same time is the crew is actively searching for him so they are actually physically trying to find this metaphorical space which sounds impossible which it is however they find jack sparrow they sail crazily impossibly to find him and his hallucination in davy jones's locker they get there just in time and 
he thinks that these guys are like not real they're real unless he wants to continue to stay in david jones locker he has to go with them because otherwise he doesn't really want to do that um so then they're off again so there's a lot of journeys going on here and also we get the kind of moment where will is like really insecure and he's like oh my god you're in love with jack you're not in love with me and they have like a a discussion and she's like a what so she's not in love with jack but they can't trust each other they talk about davy jones and they talk about like what he does and his job which is again is important for the plot they then are sailing somewhere and they see like loads of these lost souls because davy jones hasn't been doing his job because lord beckett is controlling his ship and also davy jones is uh he's having a bit of a time they actually spot all of these dead people on their way to wherever they're going and elizabeth actually spots her father now this was kind of foreshadowed a little bit they did talk about it in the previous scene with him in when he was alive obviously it's kind of made it makes sense that lord beckett basically told him a load of shit and then sent him to his death or to be fair he could have he could have killed himself wait no i don't think he did but i mean no one really knows so he could have done that um but her father does talk to them and he says oh um it's a silly thing to die for talking about davy jones is kind of like the chest and all that stuff i talk about davy jones's chest as davy jones's locker now i know they're not the same thing but to me i think i like to think them as the same thing so if anyone's ever confused because i talk about them literally in the same way i like to think that that metaphorical space inside that locker and that chest is very similar to the where jack sparrow is and was anyway up is down so then they have to do some craziest stuff jack sparrow also hallucinates a lot more in this interesting he has kind of like this um you know the devil and the angel thing going on so we see kind of parts of himself physicalized into different beings which is really helpful because he's a bit of a crazy character anyway so it's a nice that we kind of see physicalizations of different parts of jack sparrow because you know he's he's an abs- he's an enigma we don't know who he is really to see other versions of himself to understand what he's kind of going through so jack sparrow wants to kill davy jones and he wants to have the flying dutchman all to himself and be immortal which is well makes sense because jack sparrow has this fear of death and he's tried to escape it so many times it's kind of like well why don't i just do it again so he then decides that these charts now make sense because the charts they got didn't make any sense at all and then jack sparrow has a look and he's like oh actually we can do this they like turn the ship upside down and it's all very crazy and it makes really no sense me talking about it the world's end is where this is gonna everyone is going to meet and then also they have this whole argument there's so many bloody arguments yes it's to get back okay so they have to do the weird stuff to get to where jack is but then they also have to make sure they've got to come back oh because they weren't oh god see i don't understand what's going on here they weren't actually in the land of the living when they saw all the dead people that was just the metaphorical space for them all whereas actually they need to get back to the physical world which is why they had to like flip everything around the black pearl is transported back to into the land of the living at sunrise interesting oh so they can actually kill each other then as well so then they all be like oh my oh fuck okay that makes sense that does i'm having revelations i'm watching the film for the first time here basically when they come back to the land of the living they all do that whole uh spider-man thing where they're all standing like the three of them and they're like with the guns the guns come waterlogged and 
they can't shoot each other. I was like, why would they shoot each other? I mean, I just kind of thought it was in with the chaos and I was like, why not? But it's actually because that's when they're most, the, they would be the most vulnerable. So if you wanted to fucking get rid of somebody, you could do it. You could, that is the perfect moment to do it. Um, interesting. Because they all have different kind of, they all have different, what is the word? motivations and they have different goals there's a lot of mortality kind of going on so we have a lot of death in this film as well so again this idea of death is still not resolved like it's we've had this idea all the way through all of the trilogy about this idea of death and what that means but it's never resolved ever because you know we even have jack sparrow dying but you know, he doesn't learn too much from that because he still wants to escape it. It's kind of seen as something to be feared and it kind of puts this energy out into the film to be like, okay, everyone's out for survival. It's crazy, the stakes. It does up the stakes, I will say. So then they're trying to, okay, so then they're trying to think about how they can beat Lord Beckett because you know what? He's pretty powerful right now. They learn about Calypso, who is Davy Jones's kind of counterpart and they actually have her aboard the ship. So Tia Dharma, one of their crewmates, is Calypso in human form. Now, I've talked about Calypso in the other episode, but basically Calypso is a goddess of the sea in this film. Like, in actual Greek mythology, she's not, like, a goddess per se. Someone will attack me for that. I don't know if that's right. Basically, kind of held hostage one of the Greek heroes and he did not want to leave because he wanted to go home, but she, no, he wanted to leave because he, he wanted to go home, but she wouldn't let him and she kind of like imprisoned him a little bit there. So she wasn't anything incredibly powerful per se. However, in this film, they take the idea of Calypso, kind of add a little romantic story to it and then make her incredibly powerful, which is fine by me. Um, I quite like that. Again, I've talked about in like a lot of the Tim Burton episodes how like these old stories that are a bit boring <laughs> are being transformed to be entertaining for us and sometimes that story can become incredibly rich through that and I really like it. But basically in this, the story is that like Calypso seduces or falls in love with Davy Jones and he, she kind of gets him to then sacrifice himself to do this job and don't know whether that's completely true, this is what I took of it. And he takes out his heart, puts it in the chest and he becomes immortal through it. She promises him immortality and he's like, oh slay, I'm gonna have that. But then the kind of the thing is he's got to do this job otherwise he will become like deformed um and he's becoming more of like a prisoner of the sea because he's not doing his job properly and he grows all this squid face and that's what calypso does to davy jones and he's incredibly confused and a very sensitive man beneath his immortality so whoever stabs the heart whoever kills davy jones basically then takes his place it's kind of a wager thing and it keeps like going down and down calypso is davy jones's love and they could meet on an island every 10 years and that is an important point but yeah so that's kind of like this story but calypso is in her human form now and she is also there was a betrayal calypso didn't like go and see him that one time so he's a bit mad but yeah so she's one of the crewmates who 
people find out about it. Barbosa knows, uh, but he doesn't tell everybody. So some of the crew knows, some people don't know. So then they go back to basically South End comes with his ship and South End comes back and he's like, right, I hate you guys. I want Jack Sparrow dead. Now that you've brought him back alive, I can kill him myself. So they have a big fight. South End takes Elizabeth because he thinks, well, Bobosa tells him that she's Calypso to shut him up and she plays along with it and basically the Flying Dutchman, so Barbosa fucking like leaves Elizabeth. Uh, the Flying Dutchman comes along with um, Beckett. Loads of explosions happen. It's a very explosive film. Cell Feng is dead, so she can literally escape. However, he thinks that she's Calypso as he's dying. Uh, but he then makes her captain of the ship, as you do. And then Norrington comes back and he kind of, like, favours Elizabeth and goes, it's okay, I'll save you. So then she's kind of imprisoned on the Flying Dutchman with her new crew, who are just the crew of the other ship. Bootstrap Bill comes back, he's in the cell. Um, he's kind of grown into the ship, so he is wasting away and he's mad. Doesn't He recalls the same thing over and over again, it's a little bit weird. She realises this and she feels yeah a little bit sad for him because will hasn't had time to come back and save him because that was his mission but she said that he is going to come and save you because he's he that's what he's going to do so then we have the whole kind of morbid trail of bodies with barrels will decides he's going to lead lord beckett to shipwreck cove because he thinks that would be funny because at that time, Will Will thinks wants to replace Davy Jones, so that's already a motive for him. And then, then he has then can avoid the choice between Elizabeth and his dad. And then also Jack Sparrow wants to do it as well because it's it makes him immortal. Um, he's not prepared to do the actual job, but you know he wants to be alive so then gives will the compass throws him overboard goes i'm gonna head start yeah so will wants to confront them and and kill david jones whatever replace so they lead they lead, basically lead lord beckett to where they're gonna like fucking hijack this ship how would they do that i have no idea they're just being a bit crazy norrington kind of has his little arc uh, not a very long one, but he does a little bit of an arc and he wants to do the right thing and he realises he chose the wrong side. However, there is little that he can do because he wants to, he basically is still in love with Elizabeth, lets her go and then the people in the crew, Bootstrap Bill actually kills Norrington. Crazy! Uh, kills him and is like, because he was doing his job as being a crewmate of the ship, no one escapes the ship. Um, so Norrington then lets Elizabeth go, sacrifices himself, and yeah, he's died, um, which is uh, really quite sad. So then it kind of gets a bit crazy because the Admiral, who would have been, you know, he's quite in a high place in the ship, it's starting the chaos a bit because the Admiral is now dead. So then they go to Shipwreck Island, they go to have this whole big meeting, um, loads of pirates turn up. It's a really interesting aesthetic. I really kind of love the chaos of Shipwreck Cove. However, there's a lot of backstory with the pirates we don't ever know. And I think that it would be really interesting if that had been put in from the beginning. I know there's a lot anyway, but I just think that would be cool. In Shipwreck Cove, we've just got like the just loads of pirates everywhere. And it's just, they're all basically Jack Sparrows and Captain Barbosa's. And I think that that is really 
interesting because they're bizarre people so then they have an argument though because they all want to do different things to defeat lord beckett so they know that calypso they need calypso to defeat him barbosa has calypso and he basically puts her in the holding cell because he doesn't want to lose her and he's like oh we're gonna use you so the ideas are he wants to free calypso from her human form and then she's angry anyway because she's angry at everybody and is also angry at lord beckett so you know he's like we just let her go and she just goes for it and you know they can do that but other people don't want that to happen because one they don't not all of them know well bobosa says he knows who she is some of them want to kill calypso so they don't have to deal with her and then it's the pirates that control the seas so they all have this big argument in this big courtroom whatever um and Elizabeth actually has a place on this court too because she was made captain um, of this other ship and I think one of those that Southend had like a piece of eight so um, she then can contribute to the pirate lords whatever that is so they have eight symbols for their like they're just junk basically or does she not have one maybe she does not have one but she's still an important while they're having this meeting davy jones comes onto the black pearl knowing that teodama or calypso is there he gets really angry with her and is like why didn't you meet me and she was like well you know what i didn't feel like it they don't really have a great discussion she makes him another promise which won't happen and then she also says she's going to turn against this court to show her the full extent of her cruelty and her anger she's really angry then jack sparrow interrupts with this whole big court thing and he agrees with elizabeth and they talk about how the danger of releasing calypso and all this stuff and barbosa stands with his decision um and he says well actually the pirate king is the only person who can decide what's going to happen no one has been the pirate king what's going to happen so they then get this code out and they call for a vote they try the pirate lords have to vote for each other who is going to be the pirate king there was only it won by it's only by like one vote jack calls for a vote jack then gives a second vote to elizabeth because i don't know who did but elizabeth becomes the pirate king and then she can then decide what's going to happen and what's going to go on so then they start planning for this whole big fat fight which is very crazy so lord beckett is also getting ready to fight too there's the big war zone happening on the seas it's crazy there is also some anger going on because they all want different things jack elizabeth and barbosa want completely different things so it is absolute chaos jack also had a deal with beckett to bring basically from previous dead man's chest um jack had a deal with beckett which betrayed all of them so then elizabeth gets angry and so does barbosa and she decides that she's gonna trade jack for will um where is will he's somewhere he's there he's on the other side he's standing on the other side as a hostage okay yes because will wanted to go to that ship anyway so then barbosa decides to free calypso and ask for her help in the battle of the pirates however she basically gets released and then runs away no doesn't run away like disperses into the air so then oh no it's not worked it just took a while it's not like it hasn't worked so then they still get ready to fight then this like storm happens and it's actually calypso that's good so there's a big fat storm happening at the same time as this whole battle which is incredibly quite cool also battling to for the control of dutchman which is davy jones's ship and his 
position. Jack Sparrow still wants that position, and I'm guessing so does Will. Elizabeth and Will decide they're going to get married now, so Captain Barbosa does like a ceremony whilst they're fighting, which is also very crazy. So they do get married. Then Davy Jones comes in and starts fucking everything up and it ends in the fact that will gets stabbed fatally and everyone's like oh my god we weren't thinking this was gonna happen they do try and save will even though everyone hates each other so they try to then save will and the way to save will because he's basically dead at this point is they get his hand to stab davy jones's heart killing davy jones and making will the new captain of the flying dutchman and the new davy jones i have been talking i don't even want to know how long i've been talking about this plot this is how long it is will is now the captain of the flying dutchman but he's alive also immortal the best part for me at the end of the film is just the end of the battle lord beckett is like oh my god yes let's do this let's win this battle and then they basically blow up lord beckett's ship and it just everything's blown up which is really cool and there's a really dramatic shot lord beckett just like walking down the steps you know he's coming down to his his power is diminishing as the explosions all around him and he yeah explodes so then they have to they realize that the flying dutchman can only come ashore for one day every 10 years will decides to free his father so he actually does that he wants to stay on the ship with Will. So then Will and Elizabeth have their last day together on a beach and they basically then promise to stay loyal to each other. I always skip the end bit because I just, oh, I don't ship Will and Elizabeth, sorry. But yeah, so then it kind of just goes crazy again because Barbosa goes off in one direction, Jack goes off in another direction. There you go. So that was At World's End in a plot, which I've been talking about for far too long. Honestly, I actually can't believe... Oh my god! It took me bloody 40 minutes to describe this plot. Right, okay, right, let's get into it then. Part three, anyone? This film is absolutely crazy, as you can tell. It took me about 40 minutes to describe the plot. However, the one thing I love about this film is the fact that they do metaphoricalise as much as they can, which I like because I feel like that's a way to understand this world. Now, this world is so far removed from actual physical, the physical world, that I feel like you can still understand what's going on, even though it's very complicated, by the kind of imagery and the symbolism and just the aesthetic, it all kind of joins together. So I like that. Um, I also think that the end battle and the whole, all of the battle scenes and all the fight scenes are incredibly thrilling to watch like i feel like they do try to tie in the storyline with all of these fight scenes of really well you don't have any issues with them they don't feel out of place and even the big battle at the end which sounds so bizarre you know a fleet of ships you know with another fleet of ships in ocean like on the water obviously that happened like that has happened in history but it seems like such a bizarre thing to think about now and it still didn't feel completely out of place now it did get a little bit crazy but you know this film is pretty chaotic this whole thing is pretty chaotic i'm gonna talk about the characters okay because i've been talking about the plot for far too long 
the character journeys who should we start with let us start start with elizabeth swan okay so i've said in the previous episodes that i don't love her character and it's not anything against her or (laughs) against kira knightley i feel like there could be so much more to her character and i think there could be so much more depth but it's difficult because she is kind of like a prominent female character within a man's world if that makes sense so it's difficult to give her different I don't know. Different emotional weight to the others. I do like her character journey. Um, she starts off in the first film as, you know, an object and a possession and she has no power at all. She's ruled by her father and Norrington and yeah, she's not happy with her life. She has this desire to kind of break the rules, but she doesn't fully realise it. And then she kind of gets involved with these pirates and then by the I think for me, by the end of the third film, she should have been a completely different person. However, due to the things she says and sometimes how she acts, she doesn't completely become a different person, which I would have liked to see. I think of myself, if I was ever in a situation like that, um, going from, it's such a contrast, going from that life to that life, surely as a person you would completely change. And I feel like she kind of needed to change a little bit more because it felt like she was still kind of graceful and still very ladylike when actually if you're living like that and you're enjoying it you'd be a different person i feel that way and also i feel like realistically you know obviously she has this whole thing for will all the way through but like at the start they're very different people and they go on this whole journey i mean trauma bond let's say trauma bond here probably makes sense but you would you still want to be with someone that same person after all that time you know just kind of like playing devil's advocate i guess i feel like i don't think their whole relationship is enough for us for me to root for them like i've said this in the last film like their relationship is i don't ship them i don't want them to be together at the end i don't don't care if they're together at the end but like it's not something i really want to happen and i'm like oh my god they can't die because they need to be together there's not i don't really like have any thoughts about that whereas i feel like i could i could but i don't i do like how she changes and she becomes she has more agency and i think that in a lot of ways these trilogy of films should have been more focused on her they are she does become a main player but she's not she's always overshadowed by jack sparrow if that makes sense and his whole escapades but yeah i think i feel like we could have more from her character but I respect the change and I respect the progression. Let's talk about Will Turner. So likewise, he does change not as much, I would I would say. I think because he can kind of get away with his actions and how he acts and what he says a bit more at the start as compared to Elizabeth. So he starts off as like a blacksmith, whatever. Nothing, doesn't know his father. Well, he, well, he knows about him, but he doesn't know anything about him properly. And then he has this journey of him finding how his father is a pirate, gets involved with pirates, and makes it his whole personality, and then decides that he wants to be a hero. Now, I really like the, like the comparison between Jack Sparrow and Will Turner, because in some ways, Jack Sparrow is our hero or like probably our anti-hero throughout the entire the entire franchise it's jack sparrow it's all about jack sparrow every single time however he isn't a typical hero he's pretty different now will is 
he is a typical hero and I like to see how we've had those two characters put side by side because again we can see how different they are but you can also see how interesting the story gets when they interact because the pirate world is not a typical world people are double crossing triple crossing everything nothing is nothing is set in stone absolutely ever and people like Will who are the heroes don't do so well within they struggle because you know they're so true to their word they're so honest well you know they're so they're so virtuous they want the right to win the end uh whereas Jack Sparrow is a bit more morally grey and I like seeing them interact because I think that it's quite funny because they're very different. We actually see them in this film have the same motivation and actually enter a race with each other. And they do compete because, you know, they're competing for this Davy Jones position, but they also compete for sometimes the attention of Elizabeth, both of them kind of competing for that. So in some ways they see similarities between themselves, but in others we can see that they're two very different people. Now I actually really like the Will arc with him being the captain of the Flying Dutchman at the end. I think there is no place for him in the pirate world and that would probably be the only place for him because he just doesn't, he just can't do it. Like he's just too honest. He He's just too loyal. You know, he wants the right to win at the end of the day and a pirate, you can't be like that. You've got to be always ahead of the game. You've got to be really morally grey, you know. Um, you, you can't be a good, virtuous person who wants to do well in the world. I knew he was going to, like, sacrifice himself at one point because he's just one of those people. And then moving on to Norrington, again, Will and Norrington are actually more similar than you think because in the first film obviously we had them competing for Elizabeth but they go about their missions in very similar ways they are quite black and white with you're good you're bad and I'm gonna be good um so whatever their good is that's what they want to be and Norrington does that uh, but also Will does that as well um so the fact that we see Norrington then sacrifice himself actually die Will also dies too in the same film on the same ship it just it just makes sense so I, I like that and I like how we can see that because they have two very different characters born in two different very very different circumstances and throughout the three films we do get like instances where they're in a scene together and whatever they're doing is mirrored or you know they're the same thing but in two different places so it's really interesting to see that and that directly like links to Elizabeth's journey too because she comes from a very similar standing and point from Norrington whereas her journey does really veer off differently to his but they both have the kind of potential to end up in the same place but they just don't there is a line that Norrington says just before he gets killed I don't even know what this line is but it's like our fates are the same our fates aligned but never link or something our fates run together but are never linked or that it's, it's basically that but in a better way he says that so yeah they are very similar people from similar backgrounds their fates run next to each other but they don't collide uh, and if they do for a very short space of time and then yeah that was the end for Norrington I wanted to see more Norrington I've said this the TikTok says it because I liked I wasn't expecting this kind of arc for him and I like it. I think we could have gone further into it. It's a shame we didn't get enough time before he sacrificed himself, which is all well and good, but it would have been interesting to kind of see him 
enter but again you have so many characters and so many different motives it's you start getting him into it and it's like what so i would have liked to see that i think norrington would have actually been a better if you swapped out will and norrington as like where the characters are and what the characters are doing and everything that could be a thing just saying um i don't again with will turner's character i don't i'm not compelled to listen to him to watch him he just annoys me sometimes it's just very annoying um, whereas with norrington's character i'm more interested to see his journey and what he's doing because it kind of feels less annoying <laughs> that's horrible but there you go so yeah it's a shame it's a shame we should have got more we really should but yeah um and then you've also got the fates of oh, i'm gonna go captain barbosa i absolutely love his character i think that again we see him have a major transformation he's actually dead or the living dead like a zombie at the start and then he actually comes back to life i think when a character goes through that you know they're gonna have a little well they should have a little you know rewiring in the brain to be like what am I going to be like in this new life? He just remains basically exactly the same, which I think is really funny and just works. He is like Jack Sparrow, but I actually would be more afraid of Captain Barbosa only because he's he is out for himself like Jack, but he doesn't let himself get distracted in the same sort of way. And I think that that added discipline is terrifying so i wouldn't want to mess with captain bobosa because he's got some stuff up his sleeves that maybe jack sparrow doesn't even have he kind of relaxed the audacity of jack sparrow but yeah i i like that for him he kind of remains this unempathetic greedy selfish pirate and it just yeah he has no loyalties with anyone i really respect that because that is how you've got to be. And I like to I like seeing his relationship with Jack Sparrow and also with Will and Elizabeth because it's so bizarre going from that first villain to then being, you know, a regular face around the ship, you know? So I think that that's really interesting to kind of see all those characters react and interact in that way. But then I wanted to talk about Jack Sparrow, of course, of course. Why would I not be talking about Jack Sparrow? This whole franchise is about him. Now, do I think it should be about him? Mm, no. Obviously, Jack Sparrow is played by Johnny Depp, big front runner for this whole franchise, great. However, um, as much as his character is really interesting, I think if we put less weight on Jack Sparrow, more weight on the others and maybe the crew, we're in for like a, a proper world. Whereas the kind of focus on Jack Sparrow is interesting, but he does get a little bit... I want to know more about the others sometimes. You know, I don't want it to all, always be about Jack, Jack Sparrow because half the time I don't know what he's doing and I don't really care because I just know he's going to be doing something crazy. He is, I cannot lie, he is obviously an incredibly iconic character. I just really like how many layers he has. Um, he's, he's like an onion um, and he just, there's so much to his character that we don't even know about. And I like that because we know that, you know, Johnny Depp playing him has, he's got so much of his, like, person what this doesn't make any sense he has his whole life of jack sparrow in his brain we know he has that when he's playing jack sparrow he's playing jack sparrow living breathing the history past present future jack sparrow you know and i like that because 
that means that we know he knows something we don't know and that is the entire point of his character and that's exactly what he does all the way through he knows something that we don't know and we have got to work that out do we ever work it out no because that's the point with these characters now he doesn't necessarily go on a crazy journey his journey is more like things repeating he's reliving things again and again and again and in some ways you know he's afraid of death why would you want to keep reliving all this trauma again and again and again do you just enjoy it it's it's again we don't really know what that motive is down you know inside him which again is really interesting and compelling because we know he's been betrayed multiple times we know that bad things have happened to him unfortunate things have happened to him he's been hurt by people we know that because we can we can see that but we don't know why he keeps what is his reason to keep going and i think that is why his character totally is that contrast to the death that we see throughout the whole franchise is he is this character who still wants to live within surrounded literally surrounded by dead things and fear and death he is surrounded by it yet he still wants to live and that is a really compelling thing for us to watch because that directly contrasts a hundred percent i really enjoy watching that because he kind of just has this joy of always getting what he wants somehow or another and he loves to like fuck people over and he loves to mess with people's heads and uh, manipulate people and pull tricks and pranks he's just a prankster and then he's like going on to do other stuff so yeah it's, it's a really interesting character i wanted to have a look within the davy jones's locker bit because that is the most surreal part of this arc for jack sparrow is basically him in this crazy space it's is very surreal it makes total sense for us to see him standing on a ship with crew that is basically himself with identical crew members that makes sense to us because we know that he is a man who can play different parts we know he's a man who can manipulate people and if you can do that really well then you have to use different parts of yourself you're a you lie all the time use different parts of yourself to get what you want and it doesn't feel crazy for us to see him on a ship surrounded by just more jack sparrows it just makes sense for us in his brain so i like that like physicalization of other parts of himself because that way with those other jack sparrows it reveals to us other parts of himself that we might not have seen which makes us empathize with him more because we're like we've seen that part of jack sparrow that other people haven't people do get very obsessed with him and then obviously he's obsessed with his ships and he's obsessed with crewing things and and being a captain which again makes him very human we also have like the crabs now i was like what are these crabs like what is this what is going on with these crabs and for me i think in some ways crabs do represent kind of like home and carries its home on its back so it's very much a sturdy it's got a shell you know and it carries its home around with him that's like jack sparrow he is basically you could call him an island he's an island of a man and he his home his whole being is himself like he doesn't attach himself well unless he wants something he doesn't attach himself to objects or things or people he is everything he will ever be everything he ever has is just himself even his costume just like the things he wears he wears the same thing all the time uh, you know you see the others like elizabeth for example uh, and even will they change their 
their costumes change all the time even barbosa's i swear whereas jack sparrow literally wears the same thing because that is just who he is and you know everything he wears it has a meaning you know we find out he has this compass and then he'll have like i don't know like obviously his hats just stuff like that he keeps on his person like he is he is his own home he is like like those little crabs and as well the crabs moving the ship is like that is his home his home is also the ship and that's where he feels most stable which is ironic because a ship is not necessarily a stable thing especially in these films where they're being blown up every five seconds so again it's ironic but it makes total sense for his character and the amount of character work that has gone into that one character as well is insane because he feels like a real person you know you talk about jack sparrow you reference him in sentence you reference him in your daily life and people know who you're talking about how do you do that that is so crazy he's just an enigma and we, we find out he has like a brother in the pirate meeting who was this other pirate who comes along and he looks very similar to him and it's his brother but no one else knows that we have seen that snippet of jack sparrow that is what makes this series so compelling is how much can you find out about jack sparrow that other people can't you know it's addictive because he is this kind of like celebrity but he has he does have we see him have a lot of existential crises because again he fears death which again makes him incredibly human so there's a lot of relatable things about his character that the others don't necessarily have and i think that again makes you want to root for him because you do even though he's crisscrossing he's crisscrossing everyone he's ever known you still want him to win and you still want him to do well and you still don't want him to die so i just want to talk about lord beckett's character because i love tom hollander playing lord beckett for me perfect villain he has this kind of he's, he's a little guy he has this ambition He's very formidable and he doesn't let, he doesn't leave anything unturned, which is really amazing because I like to see a villain that actually can't be beaten in some ways. He's beaten because, you know, he is unnaturally on the sea. Like, it's seen as the pirates belong at the sea. The pirates belong there, whereas Lord Beckett doesn't belong at sea, which is why it leads to his downfall. Because he doesn't have the experience and he doesn't know what he's messing with, although he thinks he does. He wants to control things that can't be controlled, basically. Whereas the pirates are kind of like, they ex they respect and accept the fact that, you know, there are things out of their control within their world. And then that's the downfall of Lord Beckett's character. I like him as a villain. Obviously, prefer him in that position than Norrington. Makes more sense to me. He's less a storybook villain and he's more kind of real-life villain. And his downfall, for me, is quite hilarious. Just the final shot of him walking down the stairs and then him blowing up is just perfect, in my opinion. Absolutely love it. He's messing in the wrong places and it totally makes sense as to why he would have his downfall. And he's also manipulating people and uh, blackmailing people and all this stuff. Um, does he really go on a journey? I mean, he, he starts off with wanting something a bit small and then he ends up wanting something really big. So again, his ambition gets the better of him. Um, he kind of wants everything that he can't have and he gets in too far. And then I wanted to talk about just quickly the Calypso and Davy Jones kind of relationship and how that's mirrored with Elizabeth and Will. I don't know whether you should mirror those two relationships, in my opinion. Calypso and Davy Jones is definitely not healthy uh it's kind of a, it's, it's very toxic and i feel like we needed to know more about it although we were given enough information but for me 
just as to why Davy Jones was so like angsty and mad and upset you know I get it but like do I really get it like is there something else that we don't know here because I love Bill Nye and I love him as Davy Jones but I feel like he he plays him you know with this softness and this sensitiveness to him whereas when he confronted Calypso he turned incredibly angry but like harsh angry and aggressive not hurt not vulnerable and I get that part of him is like this is a god and I'm like in love with this god I don't want to be vulnerable around this thing ever again but at at the same time I needed information as to what made him make that decision maybe because it was kind of a tiny scene within a massive film just saying again with Calypso I feel like I could have wanted more with her character uh, because yeah she like turned into a giant at the end it was all very crazy I want to know more about what she what she can do you know yeah and then then with Elizabeth and Will now Elizabeth and Will again I've said I don't ship them uh which is so I love saying ship in this um in this podcast without meaning in the actual ship I think it's just funny yeah no Elizabeth and Will they they have their disagreements but again it's supposed to be marketed and kind of portrayed as the fact they have this lovely undying love between them and for them they're in love with each other so pure whereas i feel like with calypso and davy jones it's not really the same thing uh, maybe that's why they decided to contrast them or have them side by side so that we root for will being the captain of the flying dutchman and we don't want davy jones to remain the captain to be fair i think davy jones is iconic as the captain of the flying dutchman he just has this iconicness to him like you know he's got this squid face and then he has his organ and he has his chest just everything matches whereas with will it's kind of a bit weird what i always find funny is is when will comes back with on the ship he comes back to like see him for the final time before he like heads off he's wearing a bloody bandana now i don't know why he's wearing a bandana but for me it's just so funny because he looks like a little boy wearing a bandana whereas davy jones is like a proper squid man you know and he's got this whole big coat on and you know he's a pirate whereas i mean david i don't think david jones is a pirate i'm not quite sure how that works i always think it's funny when will comes back and he's just wearing a bloody dad a bandana i don't know who made that choice but it's funny to me so again the big contrast just is in some ways laughable because they're so different is that the way it's supposed to be uh is it uh i don't know yeah it just makes me laugh every time he comes back with the bandana on don't know why but yeah so i think that's all i'm going to talk about this is a very long episode because it took me so long to actually you know explain the plot so if you're confused i'm confused but this is it this is done the three films the black pearl dead man's chest and at world's end i've done it very proud of myself this <laughs> took way too long but yeah if you ever want me to do any more franchises then let me know i will be on instagram and tiktok at movies on my mind pods please leave a review if you enjoy these episodes um and if you want more i might do some more franchises in the future although they do take me a long time so gonna have to schedule it so join me next time for maybe a franchise maybe another film i don't really know what's gonna happen but yeah i've really enjoyed this i love the parts of the caribbean franchise i think it's pretty crazy and really chaotic so um i hope that you had a nice time listening to me talking about it <laughs>